Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. time this happens is just so weird somebody somewhere at some time decides they have a good idea in the world of wrestling so we should run it for the grand total of one segment that's right how on earth do you ever get such a concept across to your audience in minutes i've no idea but i suppose that's the point it doesn't work as you're about to see because i am simon from what culture please do hit that subscribe button this is 10 wrestling gimmicks that lasted for only one segment. Number 10, Rufus Pancake Patterson. On the 18th of March, 2013, Titus O'Neil introduced us to Rufus Pancake Patterson. This was brought to light because O'Neil and tag team partner Darren Young wanted to know why John Cena was making all of the merchandise money. So Titus put on a wig, wore some overalls and some fake glasses and just became Patterson. And did anybody ever explain this? No. In fact, the announcers acted like O'Neill had done this without telling anyone, as if another wrestler would decide to break the fourth wall and go against John Cena. And then as soon as he arrived, he was gone. We never saw him again, and it was never even referenced. No one has ever spoken about this, so who the hell knows what's going on here? And a better plan would have been to have used the primetime players as solid members of the tag team division. But we're not allowed nice things. Number nine, Fantasio. Long-term viewers will know I talk about Fantasio a lot, but it's because I just can't get my head around it. I know in the mid-90s, the then WWF was all about over-the-top cartoon characters, but a magician? Why is he wrestling and not, you know, performing magic? You can see this right now by watching the 28th of June 1995 episode of Wrestling Challenge. The only redeeming feature was Bruce Pritchard's story on his podcast that Fantasio accidentally set fire to the backstage area while trying out some tricks. Should have put that on TV. It didn't help his rep for obvious reasons, and he did this one match against Tony DeVito and then ironically vanished. Couldn't we have put him on Raw just once? He could have tried to whip Bret Hart's pants off or something. And you may laugh at that too, but Fantasio won here because of underwear removal. And I didn't even make that up. Number eight, Key. So I've lied a little bit here as Key actually made two appearances. But as one was on Shotgun in August 1999, it doesn't count. Why? Because nobody was watching it. And if nobody watches Shotgun Saturday Night, did Shotgun Saturday Night even exist to begin with? Let's focus on that other WWF booking then, which is when he popped up on the 27th of July episode of Raw to confront the Godfather. I'm sure you can work this out as one was a pimp and the other was meant to be a drug dealer. And really, Key looked like a walking lump of cocaine. And I shouldn't even be able to say those words. Unsurprisingly, this didn't take and everyone knew it. And Vic Grimes, the man behind the 
blow was never seen on flagship programming again. So if you did witness this at the time, it was a bit like some dope fiend just wrestled for a day and then thought better of it. Given the gimmick, however, I think this was for the best. Number seven, those Charlie Haas impersonations. Did we ever find out why in between 2008 and 2009, Charlie Haas just started impersonating people? I don't think we did. But from nowhere, he decided to step into the shoes of Steve Austin, JBL, the great Carly, Carlito, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Jimmy Snooker, Ric Flair, and a bunch of others. Somewhat surprisingly, actually did quite well with fans. This, of course, meant WWE did nothing with it, and after he had been drafted to SmackDown and turned heel, these parodies were over. It was a mistake. At least before all that, Haas was allowed to have some fun. And you know it did something too, because really, the only runs Charlie is remembered for was his tag team with Shelton Benjamin and this. Number six, the showster. Just to highlight how random this impression game could be, the big show did the exact same thing a few years prior. Halfway through 2000, WWE had somehow run out of things to do with Paul White, so they just tried everything. He teamed with The Undertaker in some odd tag team where they went for desert walks, and yes, he started taking the mick out of Hulk Hogan. Again though, no one knew why, he just did it. At Backlash, the showster stomped to the ring to take on Kurt Angle, and while show did a great job with it, to explain it to anybody else was impossible. It was like he just turned up at the arena as Hogan and then legged it in front of the crowd. This carousel of ideas continued after this because all of a sudden Big Show was teamed with Rikishi and we never saw him in Hulkamania gear again. Every now and then he would do the voice though. So strange. Number five, the Lord Almighty. At Backlash 2006, Vince McMahon thought he may be able to coax Bret Hart back to the WWE and get him to do a match with himself or Shawn Michaels. When that didn't work, McMahon decided he would lean on the fact that HBK had become a born-again Christian and, yes, booked a match of Vince and Shane against Michaels and the Lord above. As it would transpire, this was just a spotlight that moved towards the ring and the whole thing was a giant waste of time. That's all I have to say about it. Number four, Emelina. One of the most famous of these shifts in wrestling history, Emelina needs a case study into how this goes down. WWE pumped out a ton of vignettes from late 2016 into early 2017 and made everyone feel that a huge new gimmick was on the horizon. A lot of people were excited too because of the hype this had and then... Nothing. Emmalina was pitched as the star version of Plain Old Emma, and after months of false starts, she walked out on the 13th of February 2017 Raw and announced to the world that she had arrived. And what did she do as soon as she had microphone in hand? Said that she was done with all of this and was going to undo her makeover and go back to Emma. What? It was just the worst empty promise with the only saving grace being that at least we got some explanation. Point is today, the videos would have just stopped and we'd now be doing a list about gimmicks that vanished into dust. If you're keeping score too, Emmalina had a grand total of 120 seconds TV time and about 57 hours of build. Apparently WWE decided she wouldn't be able to pull off whatever this was, but how the hell could they know? They didn't even try. Number three, Friar Ferguson. This one is great, because if it wasn't for outside forces, Vince McMahon would have carried on regardless. Somewhere in his mind, Vinnie Mac had decided that a fryer gimmick was exactly what would turn the WWF's fortunes around. Can you imagine being Mike Shaw too? You arrive for work on the 12th of April 1993 and get told you're going to appear on Raw, but that you're also going to be the mad monk Friar Ferguson. That guy ain't headlining WrestleMania. Religious groups were so offended by this, they told the WWF to drop it, which they did. But do you know what the follow-up was? Bastion Booker, an individual whose whole shtick was 
I'm a disgusting person. Ooh, I better get a ticket. Now, he did last for a little while, but Ferguson was a one and done, and nobody has ever explained why he ditched his robes to be a pig. Maybe he had hit hard times. Number two, Hade Vanson. This entry kind of ties into all of the previous ones, and it shows how nuts the WWE can be. If you go and watch the 12th of December 2008 SmackDown, you will see a pretty screwed up promo from somebody called Hade Vanson. It seemed like we were about to take some risky steps and push the boat out, and then we never heard from this dude again. What made this particularly bonkers was that Vanson was going after The Undertaker. So who signed off on this and where did Hade go? Also, who the hell is called Hade? For those who are obsessed with wrestling, they would have recognized Vanson from the UK indie scene and he did have the chops to at least get a shot. And look, if Vince sees this and doesn't think he's WWE material, that's fine, I get it. But then who pushed play on the promo? Maybe Taker had seen this, knew his position was under threat, so went and killed Hade Vanson. Obviously not. But that's as good of an explanation as anybody else cared to give, so I'm going with that. Number one, the Doink Doppelganger. Given that about 49 people played Doink, this shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but the WWF did have a very specific pathway for their wrestling cloud at one point, until they decided it shouldn't be the direction anymore. Let's set the scene. When Doink was facing Crush at WrestleMania, from nowhere he was joined by another Doink who had a prosthetic arm. Doink 2 then smacked this over Crush's head to get the win, and to be fair, the fans liked it. They rightfully assume this meant we were going to get a doink tag team and we were it's just that we didn't there is kind of more to this but the timeline makes it a mess matt bourne was the original doink with this second doink being played by steve kern who would step into these big shoes as and when bourne couldn't make house shows when matt was released from the company however after failing to deal with his personal issues kern then took on the role properly so there's no way there wasn't something to this but who the flub knows i would assume nobody wanted crush to lose properly so we did this instead which means it's the 1993 version of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.